0: You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey, everybody, this is Rick Hadrava. You're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so delighted that you are joining us today. And in the studios here, the Epic Studios, that is, we have Dima Ramadan, and I'm really excited to have her today. She is the CEO and co-founder of DBG Construction here in Oklahoma City. And she is more than just a female business owner. Uh, she is a general contractor, commercial builder for DBG Construction. I think what makes DBG Construction unique is their ability to integrate corporate culture and branding into the design build projects that they do. With over 15 years in construction, Dima earned recognition as a regional industry leader, building for nationally known brands such as Chase Bank, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Verizon, Chick-fil-A, and Zaxby's. Other notable projects include the State of Norman Apartments and Dunlap Cotton law firm, and I probably messed that up, Dima, Um, so we'll correct that. Starting with her BS in interior design at Oklahoma State University, Dima's educational credentials include an MBA from the University of Oklahoma. She's a graduate of Goldman Sachs' 10,000 Small Business Entrepreneurship Program and the Tuck Business School Executive Program at Dartmouth. Again, like I said, I'm excited to have Dima in the studios today. Dima, thank you for joining us. And let me just start by asking you, um, you said that your entrepreneurial journey began in 2003 and we've talked in the past and you discussed the fact that your sister was really kind of a pivotal pivotal person in that journey. Why don't we start there and tell us a little bit about yourself, your sister, and how you got started on your journey.
1: Thank you, Rick. I'm honored to be here and very excited. I've had a fun journey. And it started when I lost my job by email in 2003, and I sent it to my sister who was working for financial institution. She called me and said, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going down to the state of Oklahoma, and we're going to start you a company. And I said, no, no, I, I have to finish my job. I got a two-week notice, and I need to finish the work on my plate. My owner is closing down her business, and I, I want to help her bring in as much revenue as she can because she gave me two weeks pay. I need to earn what I'm being paid. Before I knew it, she showed up, picked me up, and said, I'm taking you to lunch, and ended up taking me to the state of Oklahoma <laughs> and opening up my first business, which I named in about five seconds flat, D-Design Inc., because I had no name.
0: And, and so why was it design that that was the name of your first company or the work that you did? Was that because of where you had been?
1: Yes. So my background is interior design is what my degree is. and I was working for a commercial interior design firm and we did work for singular wireless, which is why we had to shut down the company. Singular wireless got absorbed by AT&T. And so our work basically flat not We had all of our eggs in one basket.
0: Gotcha. So. That was the start of your business. This has been 15 years now going strong. Um, Do you ever go back and thank your sister?
1: Oh, all the time. I have four older sisters and each one of them having a pivotal moment in helping me get my business growing. So Shadden helped push me to open up the business. Um, My oldest sister bought me my laptop um, my other sister bought me my business cards and then my sister who is just older than me by three years, she is the one who gave me the confidence and the push. We would go out to events and she'd say, bring your business cards. And I'd go to the events and she's like, hand out your business cards. And I said, "Renya, I, I don't know how to do this. I, I don't know how to sell myself. I don't, I, I need to go work for somebody. And they would remind me that I didn't have a job and that I was doing my MBA at night and they gave me the confidence that I didn't have. That support system was what I needed to get going.
0: So it's safe to say that you were the reluctant entrepreneur starting out. Absolutely. So now you've got DBG Construction. Talk to us a little bit. I gave a little intro on the company, but tell tell our audience what it is exactly that your company does today.
1: We are a commercial general contractor, and our higher purpose is to ensure that our client and the community have a positive experience during the construction process. Too often, our industry carries a bad name, and when my business partner and I ventured out to open the business in May of 2007, the best year ever to open up a business, we set out that we didn't want our industry to have a bad name and we knew communication was lacking. So we created these communication packets that the client gets every two weeks so they understand the construction process. They get to see meeting minutes and pictures and RFI logs, submit a log, schedule, and help them through that process. They're business owners too, and they have full-time jobs. Their job is not to build their new office or their new clinic, and so for us, our job was to ensure that they had such an amazing experience that they were happy at the end of the day and they enjoyed being inside their new building.
0: Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, that's a, it's a pretty big industry, a lot of competitors, a lot of big name competitors. So when you started out, you're kind of kind of a small business and really still are, how did you get in the door? As I look at, you know, some of the companies that you've done this work with, Right, and you've done work with smaller businesses, but you've got some big names here. How did that process work out for you?
1: Well, we hustled. Okay, I had motivation. I had a woman. I was at an interior design meeting, and I had a woman sitting next to me who her and her husband had a home building company, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, actually, I just lost my job. I'm opening up a commercial construction company. And she said, oh, honey, let me tell you, You need a million (laughs) dollars to get your job going. And I I thought to myself, I'm in trouble. I said a poor little word in my head. But um, I walked out of there thinking, now I have drive. All you have to do is tell me you can't do it. And the fire was lit inside of me. And I wish I knew who that woman was because I would thank her today that I have a 12-year strong business. Um, And so she gave me that drive. And so how did we get our clientele? Um, We opened up in May of 07. And so September of 07, the market crashed. So my crystal ball failed me. Um, I tell people, I really think it was my magic eight ball from eighth grade. Um, And it came through referral. My um, first project was for a copy shop in Norman that was referred to by my sister. And it was her friend's husband. And she said, Dima, I have a job for you. He needs some help. He doesn't even know where to start. He's outgrown his workspace. He has the space, but it's not functional. And so I was able to apply my interior design techniques and help them space plan and add offices and make their front portion more usable and got him the drawings permit and then did the construction for him. And that's where Design Build Group was born. Really? And so from there, it was just referral. We did the copy shop, then we got a restaurant, then we got another restaurant, and then another restaurant. And then a subcontractor referred us to a grocery store that with another restaurant on it. And so it just became this referral source. So that was a big portion of our business. The other one was just going out there, networking, meeting the cut public, working with commercial brokers. And I met Greg Banta. Who then um, introduced me to Bob Howard and Mickey Clagg, and Chris Fleming, and I got in touch with Midtown R when they were just born. So we got, um, I may be lucky, I would say. We our offices were located on Broadway mm-hmm. in Automobile Alley, so we were neighboring to the newfound Midtown Renaissance yep. area, and um, I just took my life skills that I learned. From elementary school and college about networking and meeting people being genuine I I think is what it came down to is listening to people hearing that they had a need and just helping them out
0: that's it's that's what you know I always see great entrepreneurs what they do is they seem to be in an opportunity and then all of a sudden they they figured out how they can be valuable in a business is created, right? And it's really what I'm kind of hearing you say is um, I would never say right place at the right time because I know it's a lot of hard work, but it helps to have a referral to light the fire, right? Or light the fuse and and get you going. Um, You talked a little bit about mindset and I find it interesting because let's be honest, um, you've been doing this for 15 years, thereabouts, Every now and then, I I, I know in my career early on, there were bouts where I thought about quitting, right? And I I used to joke that it was actually my mother-in-law that kept me fired up uh, because she's this short lady, but feisty lady. And she told me one time, you know, there is no plan B, right? And um, that's what, with the lady that you were talking about, is that the kind of stuff that came up, you know, in those moments where you're a little worn out, a little, like, you know, you fought the fight, and um, you saw this person in the mind, and said, well, I'm not gonna let that person be right. Was that really what drove you? Yes. Okay.
1: That definitely drove me. I, till this day, remember going into Leadership Square and walking into the the financial institution and cashing out the measly $8,000 that I had in my 401k just to, to make payroll to get the project going. And I always had that little piece in my head from her. And I also had my very successful parents and sisters and brother. My family's majority of them is medical. One of them is financial. And I was the black sheep that chose to do design and construction. And that was the other motivation was I'm not born to fail. I'm going to succeed. I want to make my parents proud. And I I chose this. I, I chose to open up a company and I can choose to be in the right mindset and have it succeed or I can choose to have it fail. Right. And at that point, you become very creative. God bless credit cards. I opened up the company with 16 credit cards and um, the drive really came from My support system and my family, and hearing the stories of what my grandparents and parents went through to bring us here into the States, that I knew if they could persevere in a time that had less ability than I have today, and what we're so lucky today with the technology and cell phones, and my parents immigrated in 1976, and they had nothing. Right. And so seeing my parents' accomplishments when they were down on their luck gave me the strength to do the same and not give up.
0: Well, you talk a lot. We, we were talking earlier about the positive attitude and keeping the negative out. And um, so I'm curious why that's so important to you, you know, and, and how you deal with that when you do get those moments. You know, you talk about your parents and that, but internally when it's just you, you know, what, what comes to your mind? How do, you, how do you handle those situations?
1: Too often we see negative talk on TV or around people that that may be close to us. And my parents raised me on the mindset of where there's a will, there's a way. And when I would start out to say, I can't, my dad will say, well, do you want to? Do you have the will to? And I'll say, yes, of course, but, no, 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 but. And so he would correct me and give me that mindset of it is all lies within you. And so that's where the positive self, self-awareness started at a young age, that drive of just excitement in life. I wanna live life to the fullest. And the way to do that is to take advantage of every challenge in front of you. It's exciting to me, it drives me, it gives me passion. And it's almost like a runner's high for me. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I I need more. You get that, you do that one run. And the next time you're like, I got to go a little bit further so I can get that high again. Because each time you got to excel and push yourself to a higher limit. We
0: we call that getting uncomfortable, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's where the real growth comes from. You know, for years, people would always say, well, why do you keep, what do you keep trying to grow and do things you, you've got plenty and you know it's a hard thing to, to really deal with when you haven't thought through it but the reality is it, it it's part of the journey
1: mm-hmm. right
0: it's not a, always about just the financial part of it. it it's what you get out of putting yourself in those positions right and um, and I think that's kind of what what you're really saying so right yeah so what what does this business mean for you Dima? I'm just curious.
1: It's giving back. And I know a lot of people say that. My name means a cloud that rains on needed land. And it's the lifeblood of me. When I help somebody and I see their success and the gratitude that I get back, that's what makes my heart beat. Right. And that is why I'll continue to do it. I believe that is why people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, very successful people. That's what keeps them going. They have more zeros in the bank than they know what to do with. And Warren Buffett is a great example. He's, He's gonna give away all his money. Why is he still working? He's accomplished so much. He's done amazing, amazing gifts for people. But I truly believe it makes his heart beat. It makes his blood run through his body and for me, I will always work. My dad's not retired. He refuses to retire. He's 83 years old. He's being honored tonight for 40 years of service at Mercy Hospital, which was born Valley View Hospital, and has been working for 50 years.
0: Wow! Congratulations. That's pretty Thank impressive. Thank
1: you. So that's what keeps me going: is parents like mine who work so hard day in and day out serving others.
0: Well, that's good. Well, p- going down that, that lane a little further, you know, you've shared with me also something that I think is really unique in your line of work, um, in, and that's the educational stuff that you do for business owners who are thinking about building a building. Talk, share with us a little bit about what that is and why you do it that way.
1: Absolutely. Again, it comes back to never stop learning. My father reads three to five books a week. I can yet keep up with that, I I strive for that. And so education is a core of my family's life and my life. I wanted to give back to the community and communicate and help them learn the journey of building a project. Even if it's not building with us, we want them to still have a good experience. The general contracting industry is a passion of mine Building is a passion of mine. I want people to enjoy that experience and speak positively about it. Too often I get the negative stories. When I tell somebody I'm a general contractor and I I build buildings, I get this negative story and it just deflates me. So I decided, why don't I put the power in the client's hands and educate them and bring the experts to the table? So we hold a monthly seminar called Experts Exclusives, and we bring your dream team into the room and educate you. So we have the CPA, the banker, the broker, the architect and the general contractor helping you through that journey, giving you the techniques and tactics that you need to know about and the little nuggets of information to ask the right questions. You don't need to know it all. You just need to find the team that will support you and get you to the finish line.
0: So that begs a question. First of all, I'm fascinated with that because one of the things we talk about in the workshops and the work that we do is monopoly control. And you're in a commoditized business, just like I'm in a commoditized business, and it's really things that we do that make us stand out. And I think education is something that I've never heard of somebody as a contractor doing. And and it makes sense when you talk about it because Every experience I've ever heard of has has been negative. But I think a lot of times it's a communication thing, like most problems, right, boil down mm-hmm. to communication. Um, so it's fascinating to me that, that you would choose to do that. You are obviously busy with the company, and, you know, I know you do a lot in the community and these programs that you're doing for education. You know, one of the things that I give thought to a lot of times is, when we talk about time management as business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of time, my group will talk about automating things. We'll talk about delegating out things and, and even eliminating things that we don't need to be spending our time with. But, you know, I think that I see too many people thinking that that for a business owner is the core principle thing they need to do. The reality is a business owner needs to figure out where it is that they need to play and kind of like what you talked about is where you have the biggest impact and where you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is for your your organization, your business. And most of the time, though, it's for your customers, your clientele. So I'm curious, what where is it that, that Dima likes to play the most um, in the work that you do?
1: I love the human interaction and listening to my clients to potential clients, friends even, and just helping them. Often I find myself coaching others in their small businesses and helping them learn from my mistakes and let them grow exponentially. And so that's where I find myself being of most benefit, listening to them and taking their challenges, taking their wants and needs and integrating it into their project. Then my team is able to execute on it. That's where I find that I can provide my greatest good to the world.
0: Do you have um, a story that comes to your mind on, on a on a client generically that, that that resonates with with that in mind?
1: I do. My story with that is Doug Sirocco with Dunlap Cotting, and they came to us looking for a building and we helped them look at several buildings before we found the one on Sheridan. Their first building they looked at was 100,000 square feet and they only needed to occupy 20,000 of it. And so we we did an initial planning for them and helped them understand that it was actually gonna be out of budget. And the gratitude that the three partners had to us was amazing. They, one, were willing to put money up front for us to validate. So. They spent a little bit of money and ended up saving millions of dollars because they found out that building was gonna be over budget for them. And then they put the trust in me to go around town with a commercial broker and find a building for them. And I fell in love with their Sheridan location. And it was a warehouse owned by Kim Ray. It had four windows in it. Today, it has over 40 and they trusted me that was invigorating when Doug said, I believe you, I trust in you, convince my partners. And then I had, I got his partners and we were driving in the car and I said, where else will you have a billion dollar neighbor? It's very rare right now for you get a piece of land and have a billion dollar neighbor. And the only school in downtown Oklahoma City. So we listened to them, took them out of a building that was on Northwest Expressway that they kind of called the rat maze. So law firms tend to have your windows on the outside and the admin in the inside, and it's just a circular maze. So when we were designing that building, I listened to the, to my client when he said, I don't want a rat maze. So none of the walls are straight. We, the walls, they cave in and convex out, the ceilings, They drop down, they drop up. We have natural light coming into the center. So everybody benefits from natural light, not just the lawyers, the admin. The kitchen space has turned into a public space now. They have parties there all the time. They do fundraising, they do weddings, they do baby showers. And that has been the ultimate project for me. I never knew what it would grow into. And it was that synergy of having amazing clients with vision and the ability for them to trust in us in the process. They told us what they wanted. They allowed us to execute on it. They met with us on a biweekly basis to ensure they achieved that. And then they listened. Too often, Doug would call me. He travels a lot overseas for work. And he would say, I found a piece of art. He'd send me a picture. And I'm like, you just blew your entire design budget, Doug. (laughs) Or I want this. I'm like, okay, do you have more money for that? He allowed us to control him, yeah. and he's still got an amazing space within his budget. And the beauty of that is why we work today, is to find those clientele that we work together. They push us on budget, and we are able to give them what they want.
0: I've always found it's more enjoyable, but it's actually more... Um, challenging when somebody says, I trust you, go do this, right? Versus somebody combating you every turn, right? Because at some point you kind of give up, right? And, and so as a, as a follow-up to that, I'm curious, what advice would you give to a business owner that's thinking about um, maybe buying real estate um, you know they don't want to lease any longer so maybe they want to build or or they want to go buy something you know with your experience what advice would you give
1: them start building your dream team and start building the visuals that you want in your dream office today you have Pinterest which is great a long time ago I told I would give people a binder with those clear sheets and they would slip in magazine pictures So visualize what you want and then start working toward that goal by building your dream team, writing down wants and needs. There's a very clear distinction between what you really want and what you actually need. In today's world of abundance, we want for more than we really need. Good point. And that helps you establish your budget and with your dream team. Okay. It'll be successful.
0: Good. Well, then let's look at... Dima, the business owner, for a second and and say, you know, if you're looking back over your 15-year career um, and you had a chance to do a do-over, what would you do differently?
1: I would first hire a business coach for myself and create an advisory board. Good advice.
0: Wow. Okay. And what advice would you share with business owners or entrepreneurs that are starting their journey or or challenges in their journey? What advice would you give them?
1: Know yourself in regards to your limitations and your personality. I know more today about myself because of the multitude of personality tests that I've taken and the advice that I've gotten from business coaches of how to improve on my strengths and how to accept my weaknesses and hire those that build up the weaknesses and help me
0: it's almost a that's almost freedom in itself isn't it yep. when you come to the realization of what you're really good at and that you don't have to despite what we've been taught all the years we don't have to work at our weaknesses right we just have to have good people that can carry us yes. in those areas it's like I, we talked about before the show it's not what happens to you right. it's how you react right and um, I think that that's very important for people to understand that they get a choice in that whole thing.
1: Yes, so. you talked about freedom. To me, freedom is mental clarity and having that free headspace. Yeah. Too often in today's world of social media and TV, negativity prevails and admittedly, I don't watch the news. Yeah, I don't either. I never know what happens because my freedom is having positivity and headspace. And I'm waiting for the day when the news can focus 95% positive (laughs) and 5% negative. Right. That to me is the greatest change as a community that we could bring to our youngsters.
0: It's one of the things that I worked on for my last workshop session is and I, unfortunately, I, I ran over and I didn't get a chance to share it with the group, um, but we'll share it in our mastermind um, in January. What would the world look like if instead of tuning in to social media or the Fox News or CNN or whatever your flavor is, if we just spent that time figuring out how we can be valuable to other people, right? And if we spent a year doing that, how impactful would that be? right? It not only help our businesses thrive, but we would help other people, right? Get, get what they want. And and that's the whole secret sauce to this thing. And so I've been thinking about that too, because I don't, I, I listen to Bloomberg for about five minutes on my way into the office. Mm-hmm. I know everything I need to know for the day as it pertains to the markets, right? Correct. Because um, I have no control over where it's going to be at three o'clock in the afternoon. So um, on that regard, but if I can figure out, and you said it with business owners, if I can just pull out of them like what they're challenged with and maybe give them a different thought process or give them an exercise or tool to use so that they can progress on, man, that's, that's more valuable um, than anything else we do. Right? Absolutely. Because you're helping them be successful, and and good things have just happened
1: doing that, right? Lens of positivity. Yeah. You touched on a great point, a quote of mine That was on the signature line of my email for many, many years for Desmond Tutu. Mm. Do your little bit of good where you are. It's the little bit of good put together that overwhelms the world. Yeah. And as you said, if we would take that 45 minutes of watching negative news and just spend half of it doing one good thing that day.
0: Right.
1: How is that going to impact the world?
0: Or like your dad does. You know what? Make yourself better so you can serve others. Yes. Right? that's the other thing that's why education is so important right self development is you've got to be a better piece of yourself to be able to go to the next level right?
1: the beauty of my dad's wisdom he always told me Dima go get your education nobody can take that away from you if you lose every dollar and dime <laughs> in your pocket right. you can go get a job at McDonald's or Walmart because you're educated and start again. He literally would tell me that, if you lose everything. And I remember sitting at that day, watching the market just go down and down and down and my heartbeat coming out of my chest. And in my head, I said, you know what? I'm educated, I can go get a job. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: No matter what, I'll have to own up to my failure and go get a job. And I will rebuild my life at 27 and be okay. Right.
0: Listen, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show. I could talk, you and I've talked about it. I could talk with you for hours. Um, I always enjoy you. If somebody wants to learn more about DBG or you, how do they how do they learn, how do they get in touch with you um, so they can learn more about you and the company?
1: Sure. Our website is dbgconstruction.com dbg as in design build group you can also reach me by email dima at dbg construction as well as on linkedin i'm always available
0: okay and um i i think it's been fantastic i'm going to take the reins here for a second and just let our audience know that if they want to see the show notes from this podcast or any information um, resources that we have available upcoming workshops and whatnot be sure to check out our website at www.epicsbiz.com and you'll have all that information at your fingertips. Guys, you've been listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. And remember, we're just getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our Freedom Formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.